Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and it's been a bit. It's been like a two-week hiatus on my end. I apologize, guys. It's it's been a lot in terms of of my life and, and my I guess my own personal development. The last time I did a pod was in light of my sister and well now my brother-in-law, uh, Danny, getting married in Orange County. Talked about the pod in week five, and I can't believe it's. Um, it's already been two weeks since I lasted a pod, but since then, a lot of things going on within my career, real estate, uh, just came back from a conference in San Diego. Um, but all the while, you know, very much engaged in the NFC West. I was actually in San Diego this past Thursday, um, I guess like at a happy hour bar. Well, not really happy hour per se, but it was at night, Thursday night when I heard about the trade where Christian McCaffrey is now 49er joining the NFC West. So having said that, I have a lot of thoughts going into week eight in the NFL for the NFC West. And if you were to tell me two weeks ago to where we are now, I mean, it's just a trip because the NFC West as a whole is completely wide open. You have the Seahawks who are on a two-game winning streak convincingly with a solid win on the road against the Chargers. Um, so they're four and three, two game winning streak. They're atop the NFC West. If you were to tell me that going into the season, I would have said you're full of shit. But here we are right now with Geno Smith leading the league in passing completion percentage. Um, Kenneth Walker, the, the third, third rookie out of Michigan State, absolutely killing it, filling in for Rashad Penny, coming off his own injury. He was coming off hernia. He, he replaced Rashad Penny when he went down with a broken fibula. And he has been electric as a rookie. Um, this whole rookie class for the Seahawks, for that matter, whether it's Woolen, Bryant, their tackles in cross, um, it, it's been an elite class up to this point in the season. And you're seeing dividends within the Seahawks because, like I mentioned before, they are 4-3 and three atop the NFC West. Second place, you have the Rams at three and three. Right now, they're coming off a bye week, and you know it's a good opportunity for them to get back on track. Because um, right now they're at five hundred, and we'll talk about the matchup at hand. But they have a prime matchup at home against the Niners, and this is a team that is well. I mean, um, you know, last year they won the Super Bowl. This year they're five hundred, and they've had. Some games, like the game before before the bye week against the Panthers, where you know they've been able to, to string along victories and, and remain competitive. Uh, but then there have been other games with the offensive line, the lack of weapons. I don't know what's going on with Allen Robinson, even though he had a touchdown last week. But um, you know, on both sides of, uh, of the front, defensive line and offensive line, uh, they've been having some miscues. But at the same time, too, you know, coming off this bye week, can they take that next step going into, I guess, the second half, the second quarter of the season. You have the Niners, who are 3-4. They are losing. Uh, well, they've dropped two straight losses against the Falcons on the road and then a really ugly loss against the Chiefs at home. And this is in combination with the addition of CMC. Now, last week, the Niners had put up, I don't know, um, been a bit but jbg posted 300 yards of passing 
Kittle had 98 yards and a touchdown. Chris McCaffrey, off a short week just getting acquired, had about, what, 70, 75 all-purpose yards. But it was the defense. Um, you know, this defense through the first five weeks of the season was thought to be an elite defense. Uh, but hold the brakes. I mean, they played some pretty shitty teams offensively. And now you're starting to see something kind of, I guess, go towards the middle. Uh, but against an elite Chiefs team run by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, this defense had their worst performance of the season, allowing, I don't know, 530 yards, eight explosive plays, I believe the first seven drives by the Chiefs. Um, six out of the seven drives resulted in touchdowns. So the Niners are three and four, and they have a very important game, as mentioned before, against the Rams before they head into their bye week. Conversely, you have the Cardinals who were going into last Thursday. They were two and f- they were two and f- uh, man. They were two and four, um, not not playing good football, playing erratic football. But they put it together at home Thursday night football against you know an injury maligned Saints team. But they got they got the job done. They the defense got the job done. They had multiple pick sixes. Uh, shout out to Isaiah Simmons, Marco Wilson. Uh, shout out to Kyler Murray for doing Kyler Murray things. Getting reunited with DeAndre Hopkins coming off his suspension. And they took care of business. And so, you know, overall, Seahawks 4-3, and three, Rams 3-3, three and three, Niners 3-4, and four, Cardinals 3-4. and four. What do you get out of all of this? Well, you know, the NFC West, it's, um, you know, in years past, it was thought to be a very... Dominant division where, you know, you might potentially have all three, four teams make a case for playoff contention. But, uh, yeah, all teams are right at 500, just a down, a game down or just a little bit above. So through the first quarter of the season, there has been a lot of, I won't say parity, competition. But the NFC Conference as a whole, whether you look at the Packers, the Bucks, I mean... A lot of NFC teams are struggling out the gates, with the exception of the Philadelphia Eagles, who are the only team in the NFL that remain undefeated, and they're averaging over 20 points a game. They are the only team doing both those stats, averaging over 20 points per game, and are undefeated. So a big shout out to the Eagles. Let's go ahead and talk about a couple things uh, within the NFC West before we head into Week 8 matchups at hand. I know that by next Tuesday... Which, I mean, today's Saturday, so in the next couple days, it's going to be the edit of the trade deadline. So a couple thoughts as we go into that, okay? Now, for all the NFC West teams mentioned before, you can make a case that all of them can make the playoffs because it's just so wide open right now. So as we head into the trade deadline, I mean, should either team make a move? And let's talk about the one move that has been the biggest trade up to... Well, you can make a... You can make a case for Robert Quinn on the Bears getting traded to the Eagles, but at least in the NFC West, the only significant, most impactful trade in the NFC West is CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Bay Area kid from Stanford. Um, I won't say he was disgruntled, but the writing was on the wall when the Panthers fired Matt Rule, their head coach, um, You know, pretty much admitting that they are going to remake the season and move forward towards a rebuild. So they traded their most prized offensive weapon to the Niners 
Now, it... Whoa, okay. It... I found this out on a Thursday night. I couldn't believe it. And I was excited, you know, for the fact that Kyle Shanahan has always, always preached to have an offense with positionless football where you can interchange between running back, wide receiver, tight end, whatever. Um, and you might actually have that for the first time in his career as head coach of the Niners because you have Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. Now Christian McCaffrey, they can all line up in the backfield. They can all make plays as a receiver. So on one hand, super exciting. It's something where it just, it takes, it could potentially take this offense to another level because as Niner fans may allude, there have been a lot of frustrations with the play calling, the execution, the quarterback under center in Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever. there's, There's a bunch of frustrations that are looming within the Niner faithful. But when you have a playmaker like CMC, this thing can really open up the offense, especially for the second half of the season as they make their push for postseason contention. Conversely, when I looked at it, I was like, man, that is, that's a big name, but at what cost? Waited for that to come out. Eden Rappaport, Adam Schefter reported that it was, well, it wasn't cheap. Next year's second round, next year's third round, next year's fourth round, and the following year, giving up a fifth-round pick. So a 2-3-4-5. You're giving up four draft picks to trade for a running back. And, you know, I, I have read, I've, I've seen that this move was an aggressive move um, where, you know, they, they took a page out of their division rival in the Rams. The Rams coming off a of Super Bowl, the Rams being applauded for their aggressiveness to get their guys to win now. And take it by the reins and, and win, a, win a ring for a win-now team made, made a lot of sense. Now, for the Niners, they're a win-now team as well. Even though you can have a couple thoughts about you know Trey Lance and what they were trying to do in terms of get him up to par. But right now, Trey Lance is gone. Jimmy is under center. And they are right now in the mix to continue to contend for the Super Bowl. So, having said that, they did trade for a win-now prospect in Chris McCaffrey, but that is a lot of draft picks. That is a lot of draft picks for a running back, and it's a position where we've debated the last couple years about, you know, the proper way to to build a team, and, and running back seems to be on the low end of the totem pole, where you can make a case that, hey, any running back in Kyle Shannon's scheme should be a fit. And when you see, you know, draft picks to Trey Sermon, Joe Williams, you know, Tyrion Price out of LSU at the third round pick this year, like, you know, uh, it hasn't worked. And they've been able to make it work with other, well, undrafted seventh round picks in Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson. So when you put that in full center, like, what the fuck? Why would the Niners pay a premium for a running back like Christian McCaffrey? Well, as you can tell, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, he's tried. He's tried in free agency with Jarek McKinnon. He's tried in the draft with the running back position in the first day with third-round picks that have been constantly missing. So, you know what? He's been looking for a very long time to get someone like Christian McCaffrey. So, if you're all in, might as well go all in 
with that final piece to the table. I just, um, it's a good feel-good story for them. Christian McCaffrey coming from the Bay Area. Kyle Shanahan, obviously the Shanahan to McCaffrey family lineage, rooting back to Denver days with his father. Um, but for all that to happen, you know, on one hand, I'm excited. If you're a Niner fan, you got to be really excited and intrigued to see what, what's going to go down within this offense, especially the second half of the season as the offense gets healthy, as McCaffrey gets gelled into the playbook, which he probably is already going to do this upcoming week. But, you know, albeit there's health concerns, the contract, the draft picks. If you're a Niner fan and you always complain, hey, you know, you need upgrades here, you need upgrades there. Well, they finally did it. They finally got something that is premier in that sense. So you can't have it both ways. You can't plead to be aggressive, but then when they do become aggressive, reel back and say that was too aggressive. That's just my take. You can criticize the draft picks, um, and I can also say you can criticize the position because, you know, at least for the Rams, they traded for skill positions of rare substance, um, skill positions like an edge pass rusher in Von Miller, skill positions as in, I don't know, a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, skill positions as in a shutdown cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. So I get that. I get that. And in response, the Niners get a premier running back, but it's just a running back. That is the devil's advocate. We'll see how this all goes down. I just hope that Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, which, you know, knock on wood for the Niners. That's been very difficult for this team up to this point. But on paper, with this offense, with Debo, with Christian McCaffrey, um, with all these weapons, um, it should be really fun. Not only as an NFC West fan, as a Niner fan, but as a football fan to see what happens come every NFL Sunday. Now, conversely, let's look at a couple other things that might come as we go into Tuesday. So for the Seahawks, I mean, you know, I, I didn't really expect them to be 4-3. and three. I didn't expect for them to be this competitive. But here they are. Um, and should they be buying? Should they be selling? Um, to be quite, and this is my humble opinion, I don't think they should do anything right now. I, I think that they're on a good path right now. They're playing all the rookies. The rookies are getting... Loads and loads of experience between Woolen and Bryant and their tackles and their running back. Like, everyone in this draft class is making an impact. And so I don't know if you should necessarily take away from that. Um, and even though they're competing right now, they still are kind of a rebuilding team. I mean, they got a boatload of draft picks for Russell Wilson. Um, you know, they have... They have a lot of great things to come in the next couple of years if they play their cards right. So I don't know if necessarily if they should be giving draft capital to get immediate returns. Um, I, I'd say that this is a, the best case scenario for them to stand, stand pat. I'd rather have them stand pat with their team versus, you know, with their immediate success right now, I wouldn't be selling their team either. I wouldn't be selling some of their blue chip prospects at, at the moment. So I would, I would let it ride. I would see where this team takes them. Um, are they as good as advertised right now? Or will they fall back to the mean? We'll see. But I think along this path, um, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think at the very least, you know, maybe up upgrade some of the pass rush, some linebackers, some defensive ends. Sure, you can make a case for that. Um, you know, they, they've already been trying in recent years, but that's the only thing that I would really stand to mind. 
um, for the Seahawks team because right now you just got to let the young players develop and let it ride with this current roster. Conversely, um, well, you have the Cardinals, you have the Rams, and they've been very aggressive, obviously, with their moves uh, this past offseason, this past draft, uh, even now. So, I mean, for the Cardinals, they gave up a first-round pick to get Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown goes on IR. They trade for Ryan Anderson. They got DeAndre Hopkins back. I mean, yeah, they're very much a win-now team. Uh, this is a team that just paid Kyler Murray. This is a, a team that wants to take a step forward and make the playoffs again and, and show that, you know, they are a legitimate contender. So should they trade up? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, I would have to tra- check the draft capital, but if they were so much aggressive to get a wide receiver in Hollywood Brown, it wouldn't surprise me if they were aggressive to get a pass rusher. I mean, you know, outside of J.J. Watts. Still waiting for another edge guy to, to really bring pressure. Shout out to some of the guys, you know, within Zach Allen and some of these interior guys. But there's they're still in need of an edge rusher. And you, you saw a couple good things with Isaiah Simmons and whatnot. Like, they're, they're trying, but they need another guy. And that guy should be Brian Burns. Brian Burns or someone else on that front seven to really make it interesting if they really want to make that extra push for their team. Uh, also make a case for cornerback. Defensive back right now, they have Marco Wilson, who's holding it down. They have a couple players in, in, in the fold, but uh, another cornerback for the secondary would be a tremendous piece for the, this team right now. As for the Rams, Rams coming off a of Super Bowl, I don't think they're going to just out of nowhere just reel back and try to get draft capital or rebuild. No, no, they're still a win-now team. And, you know, general manager Leslie, he does it every year. And it wouldn't expect me if he did it this year. Um, I'd be more in favor if they got something on the defensive side with another pass rusher. Uh, just because up to this point, you're not seeing so much from Leonard Floyd, who was amazing last season. This year, he's been, uh, um, they need something else to kind of replace the Vaughn Miller. Because um, I think if they get another edge guy... With Leonard Floyd, with Aaron Donald, things would go a lot more smoothly. So you can make a case for, I mean, I don't know what they can muster, but, you know, there were rumors that the Rams, too, had multiple draft picks in line to trade for Christian McCaffrey. So maybe they can get something for the same team, for the, for the well, um, the same team with the Panthers, and maybe they can trade for Brian Burns, edge pass rusher, who would be perfect for the Rams. Um, conversely, I mean, on the offense, very similar to the Niners, they like to run the football, and they like to run the football well to set up everything else in play action for Matthew Stafford, for Cooper Cup, for this offense. And so as of right now, I mean, Daryl Henderson, he's shown that he's more than capable of being a good back, both as a receiver and as a rusher. But at the same time, too, he's also shown that he's, I don't know if he can be the bell count back. And there's questions right now because Cam Akers, their former second-round pick out of Florida State is, for the most part, he's pretty much a goner. His days as a Ram has concluded. I don't know what the deal is, whether it's personal, whether it, it might be the doghouse thing, similar to like the Niners with Brendan Ayuk last year. But from what I understand, he's not standing up. He's pretty much done. They're going to look to trade him. So they need a, another running back. 
And should that come internally within the roster right now? Because they drafted a running back in Karrion Williams, who's, you know, as of right now, he's coming off of IR. And they've heard, you know, they've talked a lot of good things about, about the kid, the rookie. So maybe they stand pats when they officially get him more integrated in the offense. Maybe he can be the bell cow or, you know, the one-two punch with Daryl Henderson. Uh, or should they get a run, you know, like a real upgraded running back? It's not going to be Christian McCaffrey anymore, but maybe they can get someone in Kareem Hunt. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, at the, at, the, at the right draft cost. Uh, maybe Kareem Hunt can be had for like a fourth round, a fifth round pick. That would be really interesting. I think that would be a smart move by the Rams to have a, a nice one-two punch with Henderson. If they were to trade for Kareem Hunt, I mean, a very similar skill set to Henderson. Both of them are very capable receivers out the backfield. Um, if you have both of them to kind of complement each other and keep each other fresh, I think that would be a great plan to go for for this Rams team. All right, so onwards we go. Onwards we go to week eight. <sighs> okay, so we had three NFC West games. One obviously being the Rams and the Niners, but... Let's go ahead and get started to the first one at hand, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Here are the Cardinals 3-4 against the Vikings, who on paper, on paper, are 5-1. They're coming up their bye week. They're at home. I mean, this should be, on, on paper, a game that they should convincingly win and stay atop the NFC North, right? Right? That's why you had the Vikings favored by 4 over under 49. Now, the reason why I keep saying on paper about this Vikings team is, yeah, I know they're 5-1. A win is a win. You, you got to win your games. You got to close it out. But, I mean, whether it's that win, the double-doink win against the Saints, uh, week one Aaron Rodgers against the Packers, like, I don't know, man. Um, I'm Maybe I'm just being a hater. So, I mean, skull. Uh, but I think they're imposters, okay? I think that this team can be had... Sure, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, they have a loaded offense. Kirk Cousins, uh, from what I understand, you know, they, they're going to try to take advantage of this Cardinals defense. I get it. Uh, they're going to be well-rested at home. It should be a very tough game. So I think this should be a true test for the Cardinals because this is a Cardinals team to really, truly get some momentum and get back to 500 and take a step in the right direction for the NFC West. And the reason why I say that is because this Vikings defense um notably their secondary is not good it's not good it's not a good secondary the secondary has given up a ton of plays this year and right now their top corner is you know former friend to the nfc west notably the cardinals patrick peterson he's old he's their top guy he's made some plays in recent weeks you know uh, interception against the dolphins but you know they have um uh they have a lot of inexperienced cornerbacks Along that secondary, uh, their front seven hasn't been the same. That I mean, it's just been an inconsistent defense, and so the reason why I'm a little bit more confident, and it's weird to say that because a couple years, a couple weeks ago, when I was talking about this Cardinals team, I was criticizing their offense, their defense, just their identity, their execution, because you know prior to to last week against the Saints, I mean they were, really weren't scoring points in the first half, but maybe. Maybe just my optimistic self. Maybe the Cardinals have turned a new leaf. This offense 
with DeAndre Hopkins, with Ryan Anderson, with Rondale Moore, can take a step forward and prove to me, to NFC West, to, to, towards everyone that, hey, you know, this is a team that can be that should not be traveling with, a team that can be competitive. Now, you know, conversely, when the Cardinals are on the defense, going back to it, yeah, mentioned before, they should get another pass rusher. Yeah, I, I mentioned their secondary can be had too. So that is why the over-under is so high at 49. It could potentially be a shootout. You have Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things, and he's got his number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, but he could also make a case for Kirk Cousins coming off a bye week, well-rested to have Justin Jefferson and a much more balanced run game with Delvin Cook. So it's going to be a, a competitive game. Um, another thing to note, the Cardinals' number one running back in James Conner, he's going to be out again. Rib injury. It's a lingering injury that it sucks. It's annoying. Uh, but Eno Benjamin... Before the before the week, he had about 95 yards all-purpose, a rushing touchdown. I think he's kind of a plug-and-play. He's a different sort of running back in comparison to Connor, but I think you know for what he does as a pass catcher, it might be better than James Connor, honestly. Honestly, so like when I look at this matchup, you know you have, I guess you have DeAndre Hopkins, even though it's more of his own base defense, but DeAndre Hopkins against Patrick Peterson. And then you have Justin Jefferson against uh, Marco Wilson, right? Those are the big matchups. I think that it could go either way. As I always remind my listeners, typically when it's an even matchup, all things aside, you give the home team three points. And so the Vikings are favored by four, which means they're not heavy, heavy favorites, despite having a 5-1 and one record, which shows that, hey, you know the Cardinals can certainly be in the mix. So when I look at this, what do I see going down? I think the Cardinals can do this. I think the Cardinals can get back to 500. And I think if you get a good Kyler Murray, um, they take this win. And it's going to be a big game for Kyler Murray to take this team on his back. He needs to throw for at least 300 passing yards. He needs to. He needs to. Uh, if, he, if they're going to win on Sunday against the Vikings. Because otherwise, the Vikings have a much more well-balanced team. Uh, so Kyler Murray needs to make more explosive plays to, to kind of offset that. So go ahead and give me the Cardinals 28-24. 28-24 Cardinals. Let's fucking go. Onwards. Another game that's very interesting on paper because it's another team. Another team in the NFC Conference where are they contenders or pretenders? So 125 Pacific Standard Time in the afternoon. You have the Giants who are 6-1. The Giants! The Giants are 6-1. Did not see that coming. Um, but you can make a case, again, going back to the schedule for some of the teams that the Giants have played. Mind you, they had a very convincing win against the Packers in London. But for the most part, these these Giants, uh, I, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're 6-1. And they're on the road against the Seahawks, who are 4-3. Division-leading Seahawks at 4-3. Uh, but it's interesting to note, you look at the record, on paper, on paper, the Giants are 6-1, and one, but the Seahawks are favored at home. Once again, if all teams are about the same, you give the home team three points. And the points go in favor of the Seahawks by three points, 44 and a half. 
So that means the public is not all bought in on the Giants, and neither am I. Okay, but at the same time, too, am I bought in on the Seahawks offense and defense? Because this defense started out really well. You know, you saw the you saw the shootouts uh, against the Lions in Week Two, but yeah, this defense has progressively gotten better and better as the season has gone forward. Shout out to Puna Ford. Shout out to Jordan Brooks. Shout out to the secondary as a whole with Kobe Bryant, with Tariq Woolen, making plays as rookies. As rookies. Ryan O'Neal last week had a stellar game. Like a lot of a lot of guys you were expecting to disappoint have not. They've played very well as a defense. And so the biggest challenge for this Seattle defense is the Giants run game. Because the Seahawks, they are going against a pretty well-strung running team between two studs. I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but two studs in running. You have Daniel, Danny Dimes. He is, he had like 100 rushing yards last week. I kid you not, he had 100 rushing yards last week. They're letting him on the loose, and he's been gauging, gouging defenses with his legs. He's been running. Saquon is back to the old Saquon Barkley. I, I think they're averaging like 140 yards rushing, which is pr- pretty damn good. They're running the ball really well. They're playing good, sound football in that sense. And, you know, the Seahawks team, their run defense has gotten better. But, you know, I, I do have my concerns, especially against an elite talent like Saquon Barkley. Now, conversely, when the Seahawks are on offense, I'm really going to be intrigued to see what sort of offense we're going to get at home because, well, injuries. So DK Metcalf, he's out. He got hurt last game. He's going to be out in the next couple weeks, hopefully just a couple weeks. Uh, But you have Tyler Lockett. He's been dealing with a hamstring, knee. Um, He finished the game last week, but I don't know. That's why, I mean, that's pretty much why Marquise Goodwin had two touchdowns last week because, you know, Tyler Lockett wasn't 110%. And so, you know, I was looking forward to this for fantasy football purposes, for him to be the, the top option. But even if he does play, it's not going to be 100%. Which means that, you know, this this game might fall on the running game. And, you know, this Giants defense, they do play the run rather well. But they have their own trump card too. The Seahawks have their own trump card with their rookie, Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State. And he's been absolutely, I mean, through three starts or whatever, He's, he's been getting touchdowns. And not only touchdowns, big touchdowns. He had a 75-yard run against the Chargers. I think he had like a 40-yard run against um, against the Lions. Like, you know, he's shown that he's he's got the juice. Does he got the juice like Saquon Barkley? Yeah, m- maybe because he's younger. Um, so maybe this game isn't really so much about Daniel Jones versus Geno Smith. Maybe it might be a battle of the run games, the running backs, Saquon Barkley, against Kenneth Walker the third. So overall, I mean, over under 44 and a half. So a decent contending game. Uh, this is a game where, um, you know, obviously Seahawks are favored by three. The public likes the Seahawks. They are trending upwards. They feel that they are on the right path and then they can beat a, I, I guess, uh, overrated team in the Giants at 6-1 because everyone for like the last three weeks, have predicted the Giants to lose. And so, is it that time uh, that they lose? Uh, 
Maybe. Um, you know, gut check too. I think the Seahawks can do it at home. I'm just worried about... And if they win, fuck me, I'm wrong. But maybe the Seahawks are playing at a level um, that isn't going to sustain itself. And I know they're at home, but man, this makes this a really t- a tough pick. Um, and it shouldn't be a tough pick, I guess, but... Yeah. Uh, go ahead and give me the Seahawks for now. Uh, give it to me. 23-17. 23-17. I think the Giants finally lose. Okay. They've been on this this great run at 6-1. and one. I, I didn't expect the Seahawks to be the ones to be like, no, not so fast. But if the Seahawks win and they were 5-3 and three and they take down the 6-1 and one Giants, I mean, wow. Just kudos goes to Pete Carroll, general manager John Snyder, and the staff for getting this team amped and competitive week in and week out. Shout out to them. They're on a two-game win streak right now. And with this, they're going to make it three games against some pretty pretty interesting teams in the Chargers, the Giants, and Cardinals. So props to the Seahawks. Props to the Twelves. Last but not least, NFC West matchup of the week. Game of the week. America's game of the week. My game of the week. You have the Niners, 3-4, and four, who are reeling with injuries, but they need this win to go back to 500. Drop two games. One game super winnable against the Falcons on the road. Another one they got their asses headed at home. Uh, against the Rams, who are rested, coming off their bye. They're at 500. They had a nice victory against the Panthers, and so, you know... Um, both teams, where do they stand? Because both teams were supposed to contend in the NFC West, and they still can, but their records right now, not so much. Now, I know the Niners can certainly pull this out of their asses because they did that last year when they were 3-5 and five and ended up in the NFC Championship. But when you play the Rams, this is a statement game. No if ends, or buts. If they can get to 500 and go into their bye week and rest up for the second quarter of the season, that would be a tremendous boost. And no one likes to lose. No one wants to have a three-game losing streak heading into the bye week, right? Conversely, the Rams are 500 right now. They play some good football. They play some bad football. But this is a team that's also prideful. The Niners in the regular season have beaten them seven straight times. They have beaten them seven straight times. And I know that the Rams had the final say in the NFC Championship to eventually go to the Super Bowl and win it. But seven straight times, I mean, yeah. You got to take offense to that. You got to take offense to the fact that last time I checked, there's 59% of Niner fans that are planning to attend SoFi Stadium. So you're going to see a lot of red. It might be a road game. It's a battle of the Bay versus LA. I get that. So once again, it's going to be Tightly contested. Niners right now, they're favored by one. And the over-under shows that it's going to be a tightly contested game with the over-under at 42. Sheesh. Um, Do I think it's going to be a black and blue sort of physical game? No, probably. Probably. Both teams hate each other. Both teams know each other very well. And both teams need this win. So... 
Let's go to it, okay? When the Niners have the football, the biggest thing right now is injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. They continues to derail them. And it doesn't help that their biggest Rams killer, Debo Samuel, is out this week with a hamstring injury. On top of Debo Samuel, you have their glue guy and Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. He's out, and so that is going to be very tough for this Niners team to go against a very well-rested Rams team. Shout out to Aaron Donald. Shout out to Leonard Floyd. Yeah, they're, they're ready. They're ready for this Rams offense. But at the same time, too, the Niners can put all that, you know, all that playmaking ability. Uh, hopefully, on paper, they have enough pieces, despite having no Debo, um, to really get this, this game going. And I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, CMC. I'm talking about Brandon Ayuk. I'm talking about George Kittle. Kittle, Ayuk, and CMC should be more than enough to get this offense going. But it goes back to execution. Last week, a ton of penalties, false starts, neutral zone. It was it was bad. And that goes back to coaching. Can they clean it up? This is a must-win game. Um, a lot of drops, execution, recognizing blitzes. I mean, this Niners offense, on paper, can go against this Rams defense, but it goes back to the little things. They can't continue to shoot themselves in the foot. So... You don't have the Rams killer in Debo Samuel. So you better put that on Christian McCaffrey and get him involved. He's had another week of practice to get integrated into the offense. And I expect him to be that guy to lean on on Sunday. Now, Christian McCaffrey is in a very unique situation where just a couple weeks ago, he was a Panther. And just a couple weeks ago, the Panthers played the Rams. And he had like, I don't know, 130 all-purpose yards. And then he gets traded to the Niners. And so in the span of like a couple of weeks, Christian McCaffrey will play the Rams twice, which is pretty pretty wild uh, to play a team twice in, in a month. But showing that, you know, the same versatility that you put in Debo, well, you can do that same thing on the inverse side for Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is obviously a running back, but he can play wide receiver they should put him all over the field. They should put him in slots. They can make it vice versa. In the same capacity as Debo Samuel is a wide receiver, but you can certainly play running back and you can put him in the backfield. So I expect a lot of packages and a lot of involvement for Christian McCaffrey to carry this offense. Um, and, you know, it would be interesting to see some interesting two-back sets with Christian McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson in the backfield. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see from an X and O perspective what Kyle Shanahan has schemed up for Christian McCaffrey with another week of game day preparation. Outside of that, I mean, you know, in terms of true wide receivers, I would hope that Kittle can be more involved as a pass catcher because he's one of their better playmakers, but that remains to be seen because of the offensive line. You might see him as a blocker. I would like to have him and Christian McCaffrey mess up the linebackers because the Rams linebackers are not that good in open space. But outside of that, their lone receiver that should have a big game, I'm waiting to have a big game, has been Brandon Ayuk. Mind you, he had a couple touchdowns in the last couple weeks, but they need him to be a true receiver and get the team moving forward. Conversely, uh, when the Rams are on offense, so you've had a week to get things right, 
And hopefully this offensive line, it's not going to be completely fixed, but they get Brian Allen, their starting center, back. But you take one step forward, you take two steps back. No Andrew Woodworth, he retired. Joe No Boom, he's hurt. And so you're going to have your third string tackle. But I hope they make an, enough adjustments to get him right. I hope this offense can get it a little bit more diversified other than Cooper Cup. Now you saw a touchdown. Finally, you saw an involvement to Allen Robinson last game. But you need more of that. You need a more diversified offense. And I'm sure they know it too. You can't just pass the ball 15 times and give 12 catches to Cooper Cup. Like That's not how you're going to have a sustainable offense. They need some other playmakers. They need some big plays to take the defense over the top, keep it honest, and so they can get their run game going. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how the run game is going to go because, like I mentioned before, Cam Akers is out of the equation. So you have Daryl Henderson, who is a he's, he's a good back. He's a good back, both as a receiver and as a runner. Very versatile. But they need to have a respective run game for Matthew Stafford and his passing offense to flourish because Stafford does very well in play action. He does very well underneath uh, when he has time. And if you get the run game going, it will offset some of the shortcomings of the offensive line and allow Cooper Cup to get in space for him to make a play and move the chains. Uh, you know, up to this point, the Niners have been very good defending the Rams, um, but you saw some opportunities against this Niners defense because the Chiefs beat the shit out of them, okay? And maybe they're going to take a page out of it. It's not going to surprise me at all, but, you know, the, the Chiefs did a lot of jet sweeps. They challenged... Um, this compromise injured um, Niners front seven. And the Niners won't have Dre Greenlaw. So I'm intrigued to see if they're going to change their personnel, maybe put another defensive back. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Rams did a lot more jet sweeps with Cooper Cup to challenge this Niners front seven and see kind of where they're, where they're at. Um, it was ridiculous how many, how many big plays that the Niners allowed against the Chiefs. And so maybe the Rams can take a page. I'm not saying apples to apples, but there's something to be had with this Niners defense. Maybe they found a solution on the film for what the Chiefs did against the Niners last week. So having said that, I mean, what to make of it? Um, you know, this Niners defense had their worst outing of the season. This is a pride game. This is a game that D'Amico Ryans needs to be in his bag. This is a game where, you know, um, they hate the Rams. The Rams hate them. They need to play back to their elite level on the defense. On the same side, you know, the Rams mentioned before, they have yet to win a regular season game against the Niners. The Niners, they are injured like a motherfucker. They are maligned on both sides of the football, both offense and defense. And so if you're the Rams, if there was a time for you to take advantage, especially a game without Debo Samuel, I mean, by God, get it done this week. This is the week to make your statement at home, coming off a bye, well-rested, to wreak some havoc. Give at it. Aaron Donald, have at it for once. Have yourself a day. Get to Jimmy, Jalen Ramsey, make a play. Um, get this team going in the right track and make a statement to the rest of the NFC West that, hey, we still are the defending Super Bowl champions. So having said that, 
It, it's a tough game. Uh, the Niners are favored by one over under 42. My heart wants the Niners. As you guys know, I have a, I have a very strong bias for the Niners. But at the same time, too, I'm kind of preparing myself for the worst in the sense that you can make a case with the Niners being so injured, um, so in disarray the last couple of weeks that, you know, maybe they, they really need to get into this bye week to get their shit together at three and five. Um, and then it won't come this week. So having said that, it's going to be a tight game. Uh, give me give me the Rams 24, the Niners 21. Uh, that's just how I see it. Uh, the Niners will take this loss very personal um, and try to regroup and try to be a better team after the bye week. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. But I think this Rams team, there's, there's something scheming with them. I think that you're in for their best football come Sunday. All right, guys. Well, that's how I see the NFC West. So once again, I have the Cardinals 24 or 28 to 24 against the Vikings. I have the Seahawks over the Giants 24 to 17. I think that's what I said. Then I have the Rams over the Niners 24 to 21. Let's see what goes on because as of right now, it's a complete cluster of, comp of competition in the NFC West. And we're heading to the second quarter of the season. The bye weeks are coming up. Um, the best football is yet to come. This should be really exciting in the NFC West. So let's let it ride. And moving forward, I'm going to be way more consistent on the pod. So for those that continue to listen, appreciate it. You can find me. At Twitter, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.